right. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I'm pastor at a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, check us out Sunday morning, 1030. Uh, come in person. If you're not local, but looking for a good Bible teaching church that you can uh, attend digitally online. Again, services at 1030. We live stream both on YouTube as well as Facebook. Uh, the easiest way to get all of this information or links to those uh, to those sites is just to go to calvary316.com, which is our website, calvary316.com. Uh, I'm also joined in studio, if you're new to the show, joined in studio by the man that needs no introduction, uh, Creighton Vaughn. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm I want you to take good. a second and kind of okay. explain how this show works to everyone. So basically the way the show works is I will introduce a topic here in a few minutes. Um, and then Zach is, it's Zach's job to create a Bible study around that topic. Um, and then we have me as well as a couple of other guys who will then discuss that topic. And sometimes it goes off the rails. Most of the times it goes off the rails. Um, now we are streaming live to Facebook and YouTube. So if you have any questions or comments about things that we have said in the show, you can put those in the uh, comment section on either Facebook and YouTube. And I've got a laptop in front of me, so I'm keeping an eye on those. Um, if you have any topics that you'd like us to make an episode out of, you can email me uh, at popecrayton at gmail.com. And that's Pope spelled like the Italian one. And Creighton also spelled like the Italian one. Uh, that is C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. Good. Yeah, we're also joined in studio, and if you need to make an adjustment to that camera, Creighton, uh, please do. But we're joined in studio uh, by two of our, our close friends, joined by uh, Spice Daddy. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, you made me download Twitter uh, recently, and uh, so I downloaded Twitter because you kept sending me this link to this 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 page that inserts Trump into historic pictures. Dude, it's awesome, hey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty funny. So I was trying to think of like a Twitter handle, and uh, Spice Daddy, unfortunately, was taken. Uh, so I don't know who you are, Spice Daddy, on uh, on Twitter, but uh, you stole my name. Wait, Spice Daddy's taken? It was taken. It was taken. Can't you just add like some letters and symbols to I it? I could have, but I wanted the original Spice Daddy tag, and it just wasn't happening for me. Because uh, if, oh, I just thought of, I'm just now learning the Twitter sphere thing. I'm not going to post anything because I don't post on social media. Uh, but I wonder if there's any hot sauce pages out there that I'm missing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look. So Spice up. Daddy, off, I guess we can't say Twitter. It's X, right? Yeah. It's X. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's still Twitter. That's funny. We're also joined in studio in addition to Spice Daddy. Uh, we're joined by uh, Dear Daddy. Dear Daddy. No, no, it's Chicken Daddy now. I watched a video on Chicken Daddy. <laughs> Vinny, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Glad to be here. Absolutely. How's your week going? Uh, good. Very busy. Very busy. Extremely busy. Well, I'm glad that you could I work us in. I almost didn't make it. You almost didn't. <laughs> well, we're glad you did. That's great. And uh, I want to I wanna just let the audience know. Uh, so, uh, Deal Daddy Derek. Uh, who's been on the show for the last, what, two years or so. A mm -hmm. uh, good friend of the show. I, I made mention last week that his uh, his little brother had passed away. <clears throat> and we uh, we acknowledged that last week and just asked for you guys to be praying for Derek and his family. And uh, Derek sent me a text the other day and said that he had he had watched the episode and, and uh, was really touched that we had kind of brought that up, brought that to the Outlaw Radio family, that people had been praying for him. And so... Um, it was a rough weekend. They had the viewing 
on Friday and the Memorial on uh, and Saturday. And it's just uh, we're good friends with Derek's uh, mother, Colette. Um, no mom should have to bury a child. It's just it's just tough. So, but we do believe in a God of all comfort, and uh, just wanted to pass along. I think from the Kennedy family, uh, thank you for your prayers, um, Creighton. We have a topic. We actually have a lot of things going on tonight, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get to every, everything. You have a topic, correct? I do indeed. <clears throat> so I have um, I have a few things that I, I got to kind of get out of the way uh, to start with. First, uh, do you like my shirt? The the God is dope shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do like the shirt. I think it's a little, I, I feel like it's a little late. Uh, kids say don't use dope. No, no, no. Dope so is back in. No. Is, is dope back in with the yeah, Gen Z? With the kids. Yeah. The, hey, we have a, oh, by the way, we should acknowledge that we have a uh, studio. Uh, we have an audience member uh, sitting in the new audience chair. Uh, he was nodding. Yes, that is, uh, dope has come back around, I believe. No cap. You say that he's my age. He doesn't know what Gen Z is about. Well, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is he's cooler than you are. I think he's What's, more. I think he's more connected to great, what the great, youths are doing. Okay, great, being cooler be, than me is not an accomplishment, man. <laughs> also, I need you to stop. You're 37 or God something. Be lit. God be lit. Um, <laughs> what's funny lit. is that when I said he's my age, and what does he know about the kids? He kind of did like this. I mean. So like, I told you the, hear I did, it on the, didn't I tell funny. the story about the God is dope shirt like a month, maybe two months ago about the refined black lady on the airplane that told me about this. Yes. So I, you I told me the story. I don't know if you said, I don't know if I actually already. tell, did I tell the story? No. So I was flying back from Philadelphia. Uh, I went and spoke at a, a pastor's conference. And so I'm sitting on the plane. I'm, I get to my chair early. That's yeah, stuck in the middle, which is terrible. Anyway, this, this refined middle-aged black woman uh, came. She sat down next to me. So we've not taken off. And so I talk to everybody. Like, that's just kind of my, my thing. I, do you I, really? I, I, I do like talking to people, especially strangers. I find it interesting. So she sits down. And again, a very refined middle-aged black woman. I said, so are you coming or going? You know, good opening line. And she goes, actually, kind of a little bit of both. I said, well, that's, that's cool. She uh, lives in Atlanta, but she works in Philadelphia, so she commutes every week. She comes in Monday morning. She leaves Friday. This is her routine. She's got a, a husband and kids that live in Atlanta. And, and uh, so anyway, we started talking. I was like, well, what would get you to, to move to Philadelphia? And she was like, oh, it was a dream job. Um, I just couldn't turn it down. <clears throat> it ended up being like HR or something, which is like, I don't know if that's a great dream job. This story's going to go on forever, which I, so I should speed it up. Agreed. I told her, I was like, well, I'm kind of in the same business. She goes, well, how, what is that? I was like, well, I, I'm actually, I pastor a church. I'm in, I'm in human relations as well. <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, she goes, uh, that's dope. And I paused again. I thought dope had gone out a long time ago, but this refined middle-aged black woman who was very much more connected to what's going on than I am used the word dope. So I asked what any rational middle-aged white man would do. In such a situation, I is said, dope back? I said, is dope, is dope a thing now? Can we say that? Is that, is it back? And she goes, oh, absolutely. She goes, in fact, there's a, like a, a, this new clothing label. God is dope. Where they have these shirts and hoodies and stuff. I see them all the time at work. So. Do you really? Yeah. Mostly on, with black people though. Yes. Okay. Well, that I did learn that. Um, so I'm like, th there's a, I've never heard of this. God is dope. 
that is such a cool clothing label. I said, I will go and find a shirt and I'm going to wear it on a Sunday morning. And she goes, that's, that's hilarious. That's awesome. I was like, well, you need to check the live stream out. And when I wear it, you need to just drop in the comment section. Um, that's dope. And I'll know who you are. Like, it'll just be between you and me. We had, and, and at some point I did, I did tell her like, Hey, as soon as we take off, I'm going to stop talking. Cause I'll go to sleep for the rest of the flight. So I'm just getting this out right now. You're not going to have a chatterbox next to you for the next two hours. This is just pre-flight Zach. Soon as we take off, I'm gone. Which Creighton, you know, you've, you've flown with me. It's weird. Yeah. I sleep the entire flight. Um, I will fall asleep before we take off and I won't wake up till we land. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. So anyway, so I bought this shirt. I finally got around to buying the shirt and on Sunday morning, uh, this Sunday, I, I was like, Oh, I'm doing this. I even showed Jessica. I got it in on Friday. I was like, I'm going to wear this on Sunday. She goes, you sure? I said, Oh yeah, yeah, for, fine. But that, are you sure? rang in the back of my head a little bit. <clears throat> so I put it on, I do my routine, put it on, uh, say goodbye to everybody. Jess is jumping in the shower. I grab my keys. Load up the truck. I jump in the truck. I get halfway out of my neighborhood, which is not very far. <laughs> and I'm like, gummit. I turn around. I drive back home, get back into my driveway, go back through the bathroom, back to the closet. Jess is like, what are you doing? And I, as I'm taking the shirt off, putting on a polo, I just look at her and I'm like, I'm not a youth pastor anymore. <laughs> God said I can't wear this shirt today. I don't think the old... The older people will get it. God is a drug. That was what was going through my mind. God is dope. I, I'm, I, I, I might as well had worn a shirt that said, God is fentanyl. <laughs> and it's I, like. I would have liked to have seen all of that happen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's because Justin's a pot stirrer. Yeah, so you I just decided. Not. I just like sitting back and watching the Listen, world Zach Adams is. That's a, what a pot stirrer is. <laughs> no, pot stirrer is the one that's burning. And listen, okay. listen, Zach Adams has been a pot stirrer his whole life. Can confirm. And I felt that was pretty big of me, honestly. I was like, I, I will reserve these type of things to Outlaw Radio, which is why I'm, I'm That's rocking. That's real mid, Zach. Got That's mid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Spice Daddy. Um, I need to, okay, so that, that actually had nothing to do with what I was going to talk about. Um, oh so I got a text message, Creighton. You don't know about this. Oh, I, I that's the third. Hold on. I got a text message today. I'm cutting to me. That's the third time today you've started a sentence, and my immediate thought is, oh, no. <laughs> That's happened three times today now. I am proud of you going to the gym today. Thank you. You want to, you want to you know, elaborate on any of that or just let that lie? Oh, I'm not going to elaborate, no. Okay. So I got a text message. Um, you have no idea how helpful the last Outlaw Radio episode was Thank you so much for what you do. So I got this text message today. And you want to take any guess as to who this was? I have. I, You'll never a, get a it. a lot of people. You'll never get it. Roland Jock. Oh. Roland. So Roland, Rolo. I've been, which by the way, Ro, what's up, bud? <laughs> what's up? Um, I've been friends with Roland for, um, when I started as a youth pastor in 2003, one of my first counselors and, and he, he was with me the entire time. For the record, you were 20. That was 20 years ago. I was 21. Um, so it was more than 20 years ago. Um, but Roland was with me the whole time. The entire decade that I was in youth ministry, Roland was, was like my, my 
my main middle school boys counselor. And, um, and both of his boys ended up going through both the middle school and the high school. Uh, Roland, a dear friend. I do this because he cut off his finger. So that was kind of our middle school, like, On gang, table gang symbol. You know, like, so mm-hmm. it, was a, it was an ode to Roland. Um, yeah, you're doing that, but no one can see you. You got to you gotta switch doing the it, camera. I'm, I'm doing it out of oh, solidarity with Roland. Yeah, okay, I got you. I, I, understand. <laughs> I understand. So Roland sent me the text, and I was like, that's, that's, that's sweet. That's very kind. And I had no idea that Roland even listened or watched the show. So, you know, that you get these type of things, and you're just like, wow, that's such an encouragement. Yeah. Um, he he mentioned neat. to me um, after I taught a couple of Sundays ago, he mentioned that he watches he the show. He came out, right? Yeah, he, him, he, he came out, and so did his uh, youngest son, who I grew up with, Cody, um, which is really great because it was the first time I got to meet Cody's son, who's named after Roland, so Roland the second, and Cody's wife, Melinda. Okay, so it was so, a really good time. So I do. I, I let me let me just again, if Roland is watching or listening to this, um, I I have I have been gone from Calvary Chapel Stone Mountain for ten years now, and 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 I mean we spent then ten years of ministry together, and then I left, and I'm not far away. I'm like forty five minutes away. Do you know how many times Roland has come out to Calvary three sixteen to hear me preach? Zero. <laughs> Zero times. Creighton preaches once. Who shows up? Roland. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm not sore about that at all. Hey, I got a lot of good reviews. It was a good Bible study. I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. Um, <laughs> I want to, I wanted to follow up on last week's episode. The reason I bring this up with just kind of two more thoughts that I've been chewing on. So uh, very quickly, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Spice Daddy. Just give a a quick recap of last week, Noah, the rainbow flag, just kind of everything that we ended up. Oh, I'm uh, glad you mentioned that because I completely forgot. What we <laughs> I saw your face. I was uh, like, I'm going to give it. I'm going to throw him I a remember talking there. about Bigfoot beforehand, but nothing afterwards. Nice. Um, yeah. So we just kind of went over like, uh, uh, I guess like the rainbow and, and uh, like, you know, I, I, you really I have remember, no idea what we talked I, about last week. Man, I get in the zone. I just start talking and and. You really have no idea. The, You're spinning so hard. This is hilarious. It's the Holy Spirit that was speaking through me. This is and so your, is, uh, I got you, Zach. <laughs> this is a week ago, and you're. That's funny. For the record, that's it why has you don't have the long, spice daddy handle. That's why. L- For the listen, record, it has been a long week. It has been a long week. My job is not to listen or remember. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I remember certain aspects of things, and and it just I don't remember what I said at all. <laughs> I, I Craig, remember. That's how I remember, authentic this. I remember show talking. Is. That's how authentic this show. Completely unscripted. No, I, this I is remember talking about for sure. I remember talking about the rainbow flag, <laughs> the history of the rainbow flag, and and that was that was about it. You're working. You're working hard right now. I mean, I you're digging we, deep. I think we talked about some. We talked about the Nephilim and, and demons and stuff and uh, and giants. Uh, that, but I don't remember anything else. Okay, so homosexuality came up and and it became like this thing. Like, can you imagine? Like, we talked about the idea of taking what is a like a biblical symbol, like Genesis I. E. 9, the rainbow. Like Genesis nine, God instituted the rainbow, like for a very particular reason. Like this is my sign, and it's like, 
of all of the things for this particular sexual movement to like, we're going to take this and make it our thing. Like, can you imagine if they took the crescent moon of Islam? Like, you'd think that would go over well. And yet somehow Christians have been like, oh, I guess it's okay. You know, which is indicative of like how puny we've been about the culture war. And like somehow we got convinced in the 90s. I think, again, it was, it was during it was during a season where um, seeker friendlyism kind of took over Christianity. And so like being evangelical kind of took a back burner. Everything um, was very live and let live. Yeah. Don't, don't affect other people's thoughts or lives. Right. And, and like and like we want to reach these people. We don't want to offend these people. We need to have peace with these people and, and the furtherance of the gospel message of Jesus. And 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 it's like and again, maybe I, I'm just way too deep into judges because it's like we're it's a spiritual warfare, and if you know anything about war, war is about winning and losing. Like you you either win or you lose. And like somehow we thought, oh, we're in a spiritual battle, but like let's coexist. Let's coexist. And like let's not ruffle any feathers um with the idea of like, oh, they just want to be left alone. And yet what's what's interesting about the gay lobby is that they're actively doing everything right now that they told us would be bigoted if we did. And and, and I saw a story today that just so highlighted this, this interesting thing of like, we, we've gotten played. So if you, if you and, and a lot of you guys were kind of all within the same 10 year age bracket, but you know, it was as soon as gay marriage was legalized, you know, cause that was, everyone was fighting hard for, for the, the right to marry, to, to marry the person that they love, et cetera, et cetera. And the moment that that happened, um, at the, the, like the next day, it was like, okay, well, we're married. We should be able to adopt children. Mm-hmm. And the Christians, like, just somehow completely rolled over on that. Where we're like, well, okay, you can adopt. You can adopt kids. Uh, yeah, we have a biblical belief that, you know, a child needs to be raised by a mother and a dad because, you know, the essence of God, we're created in his image. The El Shaddai, that you need the masculine and the feminine, and thus that's represented in marriage, and that, that children, again, genetically the byproduct of this particular union. Like somehow we like vacated that and it was like, well, we just have so many kids that just need to be loved. Right. And it's like, well, it's just two people in love. And like, we would rather, we would rather a kid be with two loving parents, even if they're the same sex than in the foster system, which is admittedly terrible. Somehow we got railroaded into that. Right. And we just like, okay, that's fine. It's New Hampshire, Massachusetts. I forget the state, but this is is happening right now that a Catholic heterosexual couple that can't have kids has been denied the ability to adopt. Why? Because of their positions on homosexuality. (laughs) So guess what? The gays have no problem saying, hey, you know, your beliefs, you shouldn't be able to have access to children. And what did we do? Oh, here's all the kids. Like, we, we are stupid, and it's time for Christians to wake up and be like, they're fighting against us, and they don't want peace. They want domination. Isn't that what sin is, though? Oh, for sure. Oh, no, we can get into the... Sin, sin not just, like, homosexual. It, it seeks to expand, because sin is anti-God. 
And and so like, you're right on. If you're sending in one thing, it's just going to expand and expand and expand and expand and take over your life because it's a warfare. Yeah. You are either fighting it or you're losing because it's going to fight you. And I think somehow, like the biggest lie over the last twenty years to Christianity was that they just want to they just want to coexist. You believe what you believe, they can believe what they believe, just have equal right rights, and that's fine. There is an active militant march against Christian held beliefs by the homosexual left. And, I think and, and if we don't wake up about it and, and actually get, gain a backbone and stand, they will roll over us. I don't want to use a comparison because I, I, I well, don't want to like make an equivalency, but like, like we are rapidly moving and light speed into what I'm now going to call uh, the Banana Republic States of America. Do, do you think it's a? Do you think Christians not pushing back is a byproduct of legalism within the church and taking taking it too far, saying not just fighting against sin, but saying you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do that, and people taking a step back, but they took too far of a step back. Yeah, I don't know if it's legalism. I, I do think. I do think it's more rooted. That's a great question, by the way. Because, like, when I, I'm thinking like Puritans kind of thing, where you can't do anything that you, or you know, that deep Baptist thing where you can't dance, or you can't do this, you can't do that, and, and it just goes, like, people get fed up with the legalism, so they go the complete opposite way, and then that just kind of which is anarchy, right? And 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 you think that's a byproduct? Yeah, but, of but that? historically, that that's historically, like, I get again, I get what you're saying, but I don't think historically. That that's that's rooted in, in in the actual facts. I mean, it because, kind of is. Well, okay. Well, you had Puritanism as part of like the founding of America, but it takes us like two hundred fifty years to get to now. Like, yeah, it was, it was a yeah, slower. You had, you had steps in between. Like, you had the, a good example would be like alcohol consumption. You you had the was it the amendment number? You had uh, prohibition. 30? You yeah, had prohibition. Yeah, prohibition and, and, no, and like. It's not 30. The whole country where, where you start legalizing, I, I guess for me is like, why do you expect a non-Christian government, basically, to have, and I hate using their terminology of forcing religion on these people, but I, I think there's a, there's a fine line between religion and morality and what's good for the whole, and, but like forcing legalistic morality on people like, like you have with prohibition. Okay. Uh, let me take, let me take a step back to answer your question. Um, I think beginning in the late eighties and into the nineties. And then, and then I think it kind of meant like there's maybe a 25, 30 year period of what, of what we would call the seeker friendly movement, like the emergence of the seeker friendly movement. Uh, Christians like and the goal and the goal of seeing people get saved the strategy was we need to really back off standing on moral truths and absolutes because it alienates the person that we're trying to reach without giving like without ever being able to get to them to start with so let's let's like let's not talk about these things let's push these things to the background because we're going to try to reach the culture which is why there were so many Christians that like were were repelled against like the moral majority, 
that idea. Because there was a counter movement to that, which was like, we're losing our country. Let's try to legislatively fix this all. Um, but, but what's happened? What's happened is like we just lost on every front. Um, I think the, the pursuit, like keep your beliefs to yourself. Let's not upset people. We don't want to be called bigots. Like the fear of rejection under the guise of evangelism, like backdoor evangelism, like let's make the sinner feel comfortable in church by not saying anything offensive. That's created a generation of Christians that have gotten railroaded. I have a question. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I making sense? That, that have gotten railroaded because, because it's like we got programmed um, to not fight back. And, and I guess because fighting I, back was bad. I guess the question I, I have, and I, I come from a more libertarian stance on stuff, but like within the Christian realm, I think we should tell people they're sinning. We're here to warn them. And, and and the destruction that's coming, but I, like legislatively is where 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 I have a hard time. Like, how do you legis legislate the morality, morality of stuff? And, and with like homosexual marriage, for instance, I think marriage is a, is a is a church thing. It's not a government okay. thing. I know. I, I got you. I and, completely and, understand what you're saying. Yeah. Here's the deal, and and this is what I'm kind of because I I come from the same libertarian bent of like. Hey, let like let's let's have the laws protect me from you, and you from me, and leave it there. Like that is the libertarian stance. Like that law should exist to just protect people from other people, and not that person from themselves. But he, but here's the reality, and this is what we're seeing. Okay, well Christians shouldn't be legislating their morality, but you know what we've just found? Christians step out of legislation. The secular world is legislating their morality. Okay, so I have and a they're question. they're going to use legislation I... to cram their morality down our throat. So you either take a stand and say, you know what? I want my, the laws I live by to reflect my morality because that's what you're going to do. And we can fight that out in the public square. But, like, we rolled over, and now what's happening? There's a tidal wave coming. Serious question right here. Yeah. Does it matter? We lose this war. We know okay, we that, lose that's the war. a bigger question. I know that's that we've a bigger question, about. but I don't. I, I, I have a hard time personally. We've talked about this caring about what heathens do in a heathen country. Okay, I, like, I, I totally agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't care what laws come down from. I let, don't care. Okay, let me give you some context of what I'm trying to okay, say. Okay, please, because yeah. I, have, I have a hard, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, we've yeah. I'm, I'm spent you. 20 minutes on this now, and I don't, I don't care. What they do in a heathen country. Okay. The whole country's going to burn soon anyway. It's not about... Okay, for, well, first, you should care because their soul's going to hell. Like, you should care about your fellow man because Jesus died for them. So, I care about my fellow man. I don't care about the laws that the government okay, makes. But I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive. And I'm not... I'm not the, the point of my rant here is not about changing laws or, or legislativeness. I'm just trying to emphasize uh, the reality that we have stepped away from the fight. So what is the Christian fight? The Christian fight... It's not about changing laws and whatnot. That's not what I'm advocating. That's mm -hmm. not even what I'm bringing up. We've kind of turned into that a little bit because it illustrates an issue. What I'm saying is that, like, we have vacated a fight in the public square. Like, actually standing for truth and calling a spade a spade and saying, this is what's going on. And, and I'll give you an example. This is a great segue. People will say, oh, well, just, you shouldn't, like... Um, how would Jesus 
treat the homosexual? How would Jesus deal with the gay person? Well, okay, let's answer that. Jesus would love them. Jesus would care for them. But understand, for them to go to heaven and for Jesus to work in their lives, this is what Jesus would do. He would say, let go of your life and follow me. That's what he would say. That's what he would say to the homosexual. In the same way, I thought about this today, in the same way that the rich young ruler came, said, I got everything together but this one thing. And Jesus isolated the most important thing in his life was his wealth. And he says, sell everything you have, let go of that identity, and follow me. And he left. How, what would Jesus say to the homosexual? I, I want you to follow me. I want you to let go of it. This identity... I want you to let go. And, and Christians refuse to be that blunt. Every person that Jesus works in, there is a moment in time where he says, you have to let go of that life and follow me. Matthew, Peter, James, and John, all of the apostles, the apostle Paul, right? Every person in scripture, there's a moment in time where it's like, hey, that life is rooted in sin and is destructive. And I'm calling you to follow me. To let it go and follow me. Is that conversation happening in Christian in the Christian world? We're not taking a stand on something that we should. Forget about laws, forget about all, all of that. I'm just talking about like we're afraid of the consequences of speaking the truth about something that is black and white. That's a, that's a reality. I don't disagree with you. My question, I think, goes further than that. Because it will be, in the coming years, we still continue to lose this fight. It, begin, it gets harder and harder to say those things. So how do you think the Christian should respond now? Because I can't, I'm not going to be the guy that goes out and yells at people in front of Target about the sin, which I know you're not saying. That's I'm using not what I'm saying. I'm that's using a, extremes. But that's a distortion of I'm what I'm saying. I'm using extremes because that is an easy place for people to land after hearing what you just said. I people think it's a distortion are, of that. I agree. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not easy for them to land there. Yeah. My question is, Again, I think that's the tactic of the en enemy. I, I would agree yeah. with you. But I also want to say it because it's something that people actually do. I, I understand. So that's obviously not, that's not the, the way yelling at people in the public square, like literally yelling people at people in the public square is not the way to go. You shouldn't yell at anyone. Honestly, I disagree. There are people who you should yell at, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but my question is what, what should the Christian do? What should Christians do? Because I'm not a big fan of legislating morality. I don't think that that actually works. I think that it would be great if we were in charge, but I don't think we are. And I don't think we ever will be. I, I think the problem with... So my question is, what do we do? I think, I think the problem that, that mainly like I see with legislative morality is that it, it forces... If you tell a child what to do, they're going to want to do the opposite. If you outlaw something, they're going to do the opposite. Okay. And, and I, I, think, I think, especially with sin, like I think with legislative morality... You have to change the culture. That's the only way. If, if the culture yeah, it, changes, that doesn't matter. It's, the culture is not going to change. The world's going to burn. That's, that's not no, going to happen. I don't think so. In that that's article, not, that's that not article, article, it is. No, no, no. no it's I not. Think you we see that. In you don't know the future. I think that. I think we see that the culture does change. Yes, I do. With the article that Zach sent us, 
Which it, we'll get it, to. I think it segues. Yeah, and I think it, it. I think the article that Zach sent us to tell us to, to read through. I think it, it's a good indicator of of the younger generations, the younger culture, seeing the downfalls of the direction of the country and moving back towards the gospel. Let me throw I mean, one. Let on. me throw I one wrinkle s- in because I'm going to address I do, something. I do know the future. I've been told yes, the future. Pause, pause. I know the future. I got you. This is what's interesting, though, because I, I, I because I'm a pre-tribulational rapture guy. What's funny is I'll get accused of like you're an escapist, like you're longing to just escape. Right. Yeah, but it, but, <laughs> but what's funny, but, but what's funny is like no, actually, um, I, I like I long, like the rapture's imminent. Could come at any day, any time, any hour, whatever. I'm missional in the sense of like, I'm here for a reason. And until the trumpet blows, there's a reason. I don't know. I, I know the future. I don't know the timing of the future. And that might be my clar- clarifying okay, statement. I get, I get what you mean by that. Yeah. Because, okay, you look at what's happening in America right now. Well, there's, there's, there's one really large trajectory that seems, that seems most likely. And that is really, really kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, could, and could be a precursor to end times events. Or not. And we're another thousand years away and China takes us all over. And like, we have no idea how this plays out. Um, You don't know. So like, or I can say that Christians start taking a stand for what's right. Regard like legislation can be one of two things. It's, it's either a minority's attempt to impose their morality to a majority, or it's the actual reflection of the majority. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the dirty trick is that a lot of our legislation is is the minority trying to enforce their morality on the majority because they convinced the majority to shut the heck up. I don't think our laws are reflecting the true the the, the actual person living day to day. That's a whole debated thing, that's another topic. But what I'm saying is when you look at it, hey, do I still believe that God could could use America, that God that there could be a revival? I Sure, I hope so. I long for it. It's either that or the rapture. Those are the two things I'd like. <laughs> either take us home or use us to change the world. Not because I'm, I'm longing for the second coming of Jesus and I'm a preterist. Because I, I believe in the end it gets real bad and I know how this plays out. Does that mean it plays out like that in my lifetime or the lifetime of my kids or even my grandkids? No, because I'm not God. And there's a reason that that's left vague in regards to its timing what my job should be is standing on truth because you asked the question well what do we do we need to be more bold to stand on truth i don't care about the politics of it but i do care because i know i sense it myself there are things that you want to tweet out that are true and you're like nope why because of a future job i won't be able to get like we're afraid of the consequence there are so many christians that are not standing for truth or speaking truth for one reason. The world has made it very clear there's a consequence to it. And until we say to hell with the consequence, I'm called to King Jesus and it's time to stand on the truth even if it costs me, we will make no difference in the world. I agree with you. And I think, and the only reason I bring homosexuality, there's a whole m- m- lot of other issues we can't, is just because of how stark an illustration it is. 
Like you can just see the playbook and how it's worked its way out. Vinny, you haven't been involved in this conversation at all. I want to include you as quickly as we can here. Because I do want to get to the article because I think it segues. Can you pull it up so you can read it in a minute? I say what I want everywhere. So that, I have a pretty big social media presence. And I will, I'm not afraid to be controversial. I actually enjoy it. And I've started these topics on my page and been attacked by the homosexual community. And at the end of the day, all they really want, like when you get one-on-one and you get out of the comments with these people and you get them, like they'll usually take the conversation in a private messenger if you stick to the facts. You can very easily start burning down their arguments and their BS agenda because it's not based on facts. It's based on emotions. So when you start sticking to the facts, very quickly they stop the public conversation under the post that was made and they move it to private messenger. And once you get them there and you show them that you care about them, and you show them that you love them, no matter what, like you're living in sin, that's your choice, not mine. You don't get to attack me because you're living in sin. I'm gonna love you regardless of your sin. Eventually, if you can get out of the homosexual agenda and get on -on one-on-one with these people, very quickly you can start showing them that you love them, and that's all they want. That's why they're crying out. That's why they're putting on this really weird act that's why they've grasped onto this one thing that people pay attention to them for and so when they realize that there's a god that loves them for who they are and not what what weirdo mental illness they portray on their social media account eventually they start to see jesus yes and once they see jesus and they have the holy spirit in their life you can get them to that point i have and it's Amazing. So I, I, I will add, and I think you kind of brought something up that, that should be clarified. Um, just in the same way that I don't think any of us feel like we're, resent, we're represented by what we might call like militant Christianity. Right. I, I, we should be acknowledged that I don't think the entire homosexual community should should be lumped in and identified with the m- very vocal militant part right. of that particular movement. Now they happen to be very vocal, and and that's why that's why like I I really actually appreciate. So there's a uh, on Twitter, um, gays against groomers, yeah, and it's a whole it's a whole movement. They 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 got banned, and, and it's a complete organization run by gay people that are looking at what is being done in the name of, of, of their movement um, against children. They want no part of it, and they want to be vocal against it, and they're raising money to fight it. And there's like this whole weird movement going on within that community to drop the T. I don't know if you've heard about that. You know, the really? LGB gay, I don't know the, the acronym, but like to drop the T because it's like, again, again, lesbians and gays and bisexuals all acknowledge gender. Right. It's like kind of a fundamental idea. Like Dave Chappelle has a funny sketch sketch about this. But then, you know, the T, like there's an actual, like, this is a different thing that we're not like kind of down with. They're trying to bifurcate the movement. Um, I believe we have a comment that's been online that we want to bring in. Is that, is that what's happened? No, it was a comment we needed to get off. It was spam. Oh, we had a spam. Comment. We had a Nigerian prince. Oh, really? Oh, he'll something very similar. For are you, million that are you sure got. that was spam? Because I've been I've been texting him recently. Uh, <laughs> it looked like Indonesian or something. Okay, all right. Um, let's 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 transition 
to um, and, and again, I uh, Creighton has a topic for tonight. It's not going to happen. That is not going to happen, which is a bummer because it was actually based on the Bible study this uh, past Sunday. This past yeah. Sunday about throwing fleeces, and uh, you kind of brought it up, said, "Hey, you think this would be interesting? I think it would be great." So we'll punt it to next week. Oh yeah, we got a show next week. Why not? Yeah, we got a show every week, so you know we got to fill content. We're all right with that. Um, I I ran across a um, um, an article, um, the Christian Post, um, in their living section, um, Sunday, August thirteenth. So it was just this Sunday. Uh, I think I when I said it to you guys yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I read this article and it blew my mind. Really. Um, again, because we're trying to like understand what's going on in our culture. Um, and, and the, the hard thing with that is that I think often we, we lean on the world to tell us what's going on in the world, but the world is filled with lies. So there's always an agenda to the world, which is one of the things, and, I, and I'm learning this more and more like Pew Research, Rasmussen, like secular companies, like there's an agenda to it. And I'm not sure that, that when it comes to cultural things, how much I should place a lot of weight into it. But this article is, is titled, and I'm going to let Justin read it in just a second. Half of Gen Zers say their life was transformed by the Bible's message. This is a study that was done. Uh, this is by Ryan Foley, who's a Christian Post reporter. Um, interesting. Justin, can you can you... Read this article, and th- there might be a few moments. I'll, I'll summarize it. I'll, it's kind of it's long. Or work your way thing. through it. Yeah, I'll just kind of summarize uh, certain parts that I think kind of grasp it. The, the first paragraph it says, A new report reveals that while younger generations of Americans are less religious and engaged in the Bible than their older counterparts, roughly half of them credit the Bible's message for transforming their lives. Uh, and it kind of goes through... Uh, they surveyed 2,761 adults from January 5th to the, the 30th. Uh, it's got the standard margins of error. Uh, let, me, let me read a section real quick. Let okay. me jump in. Because this is what I've, I found interesting. Because, again, so, so what hasn't been done that this study did is it subcategorizes Gen Zers into an older block and a younger block. Because, again, we're trying to, like... We're trying to figure out some things. Yeah, that's what I found interesting yeah, about, which, about this. Which we'll get to in a second. So, like, like, and you and I identify with this, and probably Vinny, is that we, we sit, I'm an 83 birth. You're a what? 85. 85. 83. 83. Yeah. Uh, we, we fit in what's called the the, the Xenials. We're, like, we're, we're, we're Gen a, Gen X and Millennial. Yeah, we're, like, right in the middle. And so we're kind of our own unique category. And so as these things progress, you start start looking at, like, Hey, you're taking 10 year blocks of time, but we have lived through a really interesting period of time. Right. Where things have changed so fast. Like Barack Obama ran 2008 as a tr- marriage traditionalist. Okay, just, just think about that for a moment. 2008, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. And that was Barack Obama. Okay. So like, and, and, and we've lived through a time where the Republicans were in staunchly pro-war, whether it be um, Afghanistan or Iraq, we were very interventionalist. And then today, like everything has flipped and it's the liberals want us in Ukraine. And there's a huge conservative backlash to that. 
where Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, is the only politician out there saying we need to be we need to make peace. People are dying like anti-war, like the right is gone anti-war and the left has gone pro-war, like weird things are happening. Okay, so we're trying to understand what that means. And then the pandemic had its own thing. Um, it's, it's been a weird time. So this is so this study examines subgroups within Gen Z, and that's what makes it interesting. And I'll just read this one paragraph, and then Justin, you can jump back in. It says, The newest installment of the annual survey examined the beliefs and practices of Gen Zers, comparing and contrasting them to older generations. The report shows that although higher share of respondents belonging to Gen Z identify as agnostics, atheists, or, quote, nons, 34%, the older generations, 58% of Gen Zers, Respondents identify as Christians. Um, and then it continues. Um, additionally, Gen Z has the lowest frequency of Bible use among the five generations examined. Um, yeah, I'm looking for this one particular part of the article. Um, Be two paragraphs below where you're reading. Jump, jump in wherever you are. Uh, basically says the share of Bible users rises with each generation from youngest to oldest with 30%. 33% of millennials, 39% of Gen Xers, 46% of baby boomer, boomers, and 48% of elders fitting this definition. I found the, the paragraph. And, okay. The contrast between the subgroups within Gen Z also applies to religious identification. Non-Christians constitute a majority of the older members of Gen Z. So older members of Gen Z. Meaning born in like 97 or it's around there. 52%. While being a minority, 40% of the younger group, 18% of younger Gen Z's respondents are practicing Christians compared to just 8% of the older subgroup. Let me repeat that. Of the older subgroup of Gen Zers, only 8% identify as practicing Christians. Of the younger subgroup, it's 18%. That's a 10%. There's your revival. That's crazy. I think you also find there's something that happened in 2020 that kind of was the the defining line of this age group. And, well, and young defining, people think they're immortal, and right. then COVID happens. Right. And young people are dying. But I think that's that defining line is the, the younger Gen Zers were basically younger during this pandemic thing. The older ones were already well into their, their unbelief. And then you see the world fall apart you see the world fall apart and you see how the world responds and how the christians and the church responds and i i think that's i think that's that was my theory that i was playing around with when i read the article well, it, it's crazy and, and when i read the article it was really cool because i mentioned to my wife yesterday i was like this is nuts like my facebook page for 15 years has been diesel trucks diesel trucks diesel trucks and i've got all the same 5,000 friends, they haven't changed, and now my Facebook page is Jesus, God, Bible quotes. Here, you know. Here's another paragraph to that point. The younger group of Gen Z, and you might have read this, Justin. The younger group of Gen Z has higher levels of Bible use, 34%, than the older group. Think about that. Younger Gen Zers are reading the Bible at a 7% increase than older Gen Zers, while nearly twice as many younger members of Gen Z, 22%, report seeing their Bible use increase over the past year, as opposed to older ones, 12%. Younger Gen Z members 
were less likely to be, quote, Bible disengaged than older Gen Z respondents, 55% to 65%. You 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 made the comment. Are we seeing are we seeing a revival or are we seeing the early stages of an awakening? Like what what is going on? Yes, you don't need to go to church to find Jesus anymore. You know, you think back when we were kids in the late eighties, mid nineties, we had to go to Awanas on Wednesday night. These kids are glued to social media, and now all of a sudden Jesus is taking over social media. I mean, it is my entire feed, so they don't have to go to a place to get it now, it's in their face, it's in their hand. So something that we kind of have looked down on these kids glued to these phones, a bunch of them are finding Jesus because of it. And that's not something we had. Well, I think you're also seeing, like, you're also seeing this older group of the Gen Zers. You see everything that they're doing. Like, you, you see, we're seeing videos come out of, like, the West Coast, like California stuff, of all these young kids running these stores in mass and just stealing everything. And they all fit that profile of the older Gen Z, older Gen Z. So group. there, and there, then, there is End uh, of the Dust. Isn't that the title of the book? End of the Dust. There's a book written about, um, and, it, and it got quite a bit of, of notoriety. Um, the cover of it, in particular, like Jay Z did a music video, had it on the back of his leather jacket. Um, I think it's End of the Dust. I apologize if that's if that's incorrect. Creighton, I think, is looking it up, but it's about nihilism. And, and it's an examination of like the, like the progressions of movement, philosophical movements over time. Because ultimately, they just, they, they, they're cyclical. They, they recycle, rinse and repeat. And one of the things, you know, you go from, you go from abs, like absolute truth, let's say like... In the dust of this planet. In the dust of this planet, thank you. Um, which is by whom? I don't know, I just found the hoodie. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Give me a sec. I have the book. It is a, a terrible, laborious read. It's very, very academic. Um, but like, if you go from absolute truth to relativism, you know, so there are absolute truths to this idea that that truth is subjective, that it's it's left to the individual's perspective. Um, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. Even if those contradict, it doesn't mean they're not true. They're true because truth is based on perspective. The problem is, is that if everything is true, then you end up in, in a societal situation where nothing is true. And then if nothing is true, um, you, you, you end up with a society devoid of meaning. If nothing is true, everything is true. Everything, is, everything true, is true, nothing is true. Nothing is true. Is true. Um, and so what is, what, is, what is true, what is false? Like, like you end up with meaninglessness. And, and you and, have people trying to find meaning in wherever their brain takes them, you, which gets real weird real fast. Well, you end up, you end up with, with, and that would be kind of textbook narcissism. Yeah. You end up with narcissism or, and this is what Spice Daddy was alluding to, I, I think you see um, uh, nihilism. You see, well, if, if there is no meaning because there is no truth, I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And life is whatever. Uh, it's the old Dave Matthews song, you know, um, I'm, I'm going I'm to live, do what I want, because tomorrow I'll die. Like, who cares? I'll live for the moment. Was it a carpe diem? Seize the day? Seize the day, or um, there's another famous saying that is, uh, eat, drink, and be merry, for eat, tomorrow we die. Merry. Yeah. Um, and so, so you end up, and I think, I think we see that. We see nihilism. We see narcissism. 
like really in your face. Now, again, over the arc, what always seems to come out of nihilism, narcissism, that, that, that dynamic. And again, relativism is the bridge that brings us there, which leads to anarchy, by the way. Like things get real bad societally. But then what emerges is like this return to truth. Because ultimately that's what the human heart longs for is like, I'm in the matrix. I want truth. Like I want something that's real. I want to taste authenticity. Um, and, and Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if, if, if people get onto a quest for truth, they'll inevitably find themselves coming to Jesus. So again, are we seeing potentially... Have we seen the tide go out over the last 10, 15 years? Sure. Um, but, but these ripples, is it the tsunami, a revival, an awakening? Could that be? And, and I think we're starting to see actual data. Now, could that be a blip? Could that be an anomaly? Could that not be real? Could your Facebook page be just specific to just the, the sphere? Maybe, maybe, who knows? But if there's the slightest chance, right, that there is something that's happening, shouldn't we be all the more bold to be vocal? Absolutely. That's why I enjoy being provocative on Facebook. If you don't start the conversation, you don't get the chance to witness to these people that are watching and following. And so sometimes you got to say things that, well, not sometimes you got to say things that make people uncomfortable in their sin to get the conversation started. And then once you've exposed the sin and gotten them on a personal level, then you can address the sin and then you can show them the love that is the Holy Spirit. And that's, you can't do that without ruffling feathers. I think that there's an interesting, um, there's an interesting illustration to this. And that is the fact that like, honestly, and again, I'm going to come back to the homosexual community for illustrative purposes. But like, if there was a community that the, that the homosexual community should be most militant towards, is it really Christianity? Not at all. We're the only ones that love them. No, no. Are. I mean, and, and we were like totally cool to like play this cool. No, who, who really should they be militant against? It would be Islam who is not just uh, not just share like this belief that it's an abomination, but believe that it's such an abomination. I mean, there's like, you. there's like 80 countries that it's illegal to be gay and they will throw you off a roof. But do you hear a word of like, like, dude, are they going after them? No. Why? And that's, that's ultimately the question. Why? Well, it's because falsehoods have company with falsehoods. A falsehood doesn't ha isn't threatened by another falsehood. Why is Christianity seemingly the one religion that gets isolated and attacked? Well, it's because we stand on truth. And the one enemy of the falsehood isn't other falsehoods. They can coexist. It's the one thing that's saying, no, this is true. Second to Christianity's Judaism because they get it half right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have half the truth. Um, except for Jesus. 
Spice Daddy, I want to get you back into the conversation. You've been sitting there quietly over the last few minutes. It's because mostly I went to the bathroom. <laughs> you just, I was like <laughs> he segwaying. He was giving you an out. I was segwaying. Ah, you know, I, I, I don't want We any, were professional here. I don't want any falsehoods in the. In we were, the I, there was no falsehood. <laughs> you have been sitting quietly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. I don't post on social media anymore. Not, not that I'm afraid to say anything. I just, I guess... I, I use it to keep up with friends over overseas and, and my travels and stuff, but like posting, I just I don't know. It just kind of uh, I don't need anybody knowing what's. <laughs> so what, I struggle with that. I, I struggle with that because that's it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Um, and I, I understand why we do that. Mostly because I you know I remember the time before social media. I guess it's part of being a, a, a zenial is like I, I have because I, did, I didn't get Facebook until Facebook wasn't a thing before that is my space. And that was only like a year of, of that before Facebook came around until porn took it over. And Were you cool enough to have a Zenga back in the day? I know people that did, I had um, a Zenga. but I, I again, I, I fit in that category of I had social media. I didn't really post. I, I. I would post stuff on social media like my Facebook and, and my Instagram when I was traveling and stuff like that, mostly just to let my parents know I was still alive, kind of thing. Because it's much easier. Yeah. It's much easier to take a bunch of pictures and just post them than mm-hmm. just you know than having to trying to find try a payphone. Yeah, for sure. Stuff oh, like that, that was call. and listen, man, that gets so much easier when you have kids, like. right? And I, now, now it's just kind of a, it's more of a hassle and and draining mentally to to go on social media and argue with people and which i i love a good argue a good good uh discussion i like a good discussion if you come at me with an intelligible uh argument with backed by facts and stuff like that but you don't find that you find a bunch of trolls on social media and no matter what you say Somebody's gonna come back with something, and they're they're just trying to bait you into arguing. At that and, point, it's pearls and then, before swine. What does it say in the Book of Proverbs? Don't argue with a fool; he'll just drag you down to his his position. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you, all you find on social media is just fools, and, and you find that most of the time. And I mean, what's a de- I mean, that's basically what a, a a sinner is: is someone who's just captivated by sin is is a fool. And uh, most of us fit that category. I like the fact that Vinny, who's very active has been able to somehow, and I think it's a unique thing because I, 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 what you're saying resonates. Like I would, you know, you bring up early days of social media. I remember the early days of social media and, and it was like, you could have, and this is more message boards, you know, where you could have like real conversations about things. Right. You know, I had real friendships. Yeah. On early social media. And then like the wave of trolls came in and it's like, if you posted anything, like, I want to have a conversation with people, but, like, the conversation gets so diluted and, and it's brought in the gutter by trolls that are just wanting to stroke crap, which, again, is not godly. Right. It's not Christ-like. Facebook has really cool tools, like these little three buttons that you click on, block, remove. <laughs> I never want to see this person again. You can clean your Facebook up, and it takes very little effort. Like, my, mine's very tidy. And so that's, and so that's how, because, okay, going back to what I was saying, like, you have been able to, like, take Facebook connections and conversations and translate it to face-to-face Vinny's back deck talks. Yeah. I have people that fly from other countries to sit on my deck and smoke cigars because of Facebook posts. Right. Which is, by the way, just cool, but very unique. 
Facebook started out as free marketing, so I've always been in the business of growing businesses, and that's what I do. And I grow these businesses through social media, um, show people cool, flashy things that they want to see, and they will follow you, and you can sell them stuff. But then I realized it's not only free marketing for business, it's also free marketing for Jesus if you use it properly. And that's pretty much been my focus as far as social media goes the last five years is it's easy to get people to follow along with fun pictures, but when you bring up the hard topics, it's been extremely fulfilling and interesting to see the people in my friends list that will join the conversation. I'm like, I never thought that guy like that guy. <laughs> no way. Right. Like this party animal the, you know, there's just no way he would ever sit down and have a face to face talk about God and a personal relationship with Jesus. And now it's happened hundred times over. So that's been Okay, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an assignment. I want you to put some thought into this. But I want you to come with like Facebook one oh one for the Christian. And like come up with like like here's a strategy where you can use this as a tool to build bridges, make connections, and share the gospel. Already done. All right. Well, we're going to do an episode. I think, Creighton, you, you agree? I think that'd be kind of a, an interesting episode. For- you know how conferences have breakout sessions? Right. <laughs> like this. A lot like of one. YouTube channels have what are essentially breakout sessions. Well, the where you do, yeah, based, not a short because that would be, you know, profile and whatnot. But we could do that as like a produced video for the Outlaw Radio page. You could show, you could show links and have like stuff. Well, you seem to... I think that'd be a good uh, your, idea. Your brain's running. You kind of It's have one to... of the things that I want to get into that I haven't had the opportunity yet. Okay, well, uh, we've, we've uh, talked for an hour and gotten to, to no topic that so we So, Matthias, had. is that where we're at? Matthias? Matthias. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, yeah, no, so we'll have to punt that. But before we, before we wrap up, before I give you guys a chance for final thoughts, we do have, again, a studio member who's been observing. He's been hanging out. Uh, he's been sitting, listening, and processing. So I want to give uh, Robert an opportunity. No, we don't need a mic. No mic. He can push it over. He can talk loud. No, we don't need a mic. No, this is a Bo Snurdly thing. This is the the audience is not mic'd. Um, but uh, any questions, comments? You have to be quick because we're live. Uh, not anything at the moment. Nothing at the moment. So you had a thought earlier. Yeah. What What was the thought? Um, just uh, regarding uh, Creighton's question about like what we do. Just like I just I just had a thought like as Christians we should just both like. So we were talking about homosexuality. And you thought about Creighton. No. His question. Uh, his That's question. not a good joke, his Zachary. Question. My no, I, no, goodness. I just I, I paused and maybe the wrong the wrong point. Just because I have a, a semicolon. There was a semicolon. <laughs> Just because I have a mustache. So Creighton's comment, Creighton's question. Yeah, yeah. What was the thought that you had? Um, just like as, as Christians, um, like regarding the end result of life, you know, we can't really uh, do much about it. So we should just focus on the personal connections that we have. With everyone. Right, the personal connections. So uh, I think he did a better job of maybe saying what you were saying, is that uh, Creighton, in, in the context of homosexuality, um, f- again, focus on one-on-one connections and just the conversations that come. Again, I, th- I do think in, in this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, 
Um, and I think that's such a great addition to the conversation is like, like the easiest way, the easiest way to communicate truth to someone is to front load it with care. If you can, if you can communicate respect and love, um, when the topic was warfare and death by a thousand cuts, get them all one at a time. You know, right. we don't always get the opportunity to throw a bomb in the middle of the group, but you can pick the stragglers on the outside edge <laughs> one at a time. Work your way in That's like it. a wolf. That's it. Uh, final thoughts, you guys. Spice Daddy, you're up. Love Jesus, love people, tell them the truth, and love, of course, which is usually the hard part. Truth is not always, doesn't always sound loving, but if they're about to run off a cliff, then what does it matter if it sounds lovely or not? You get hit by a truck at some point, you tackle them. I'm I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to throw something in. Um, You know, because, like, that's the argument. The argument is that if you're saying the truth, well, you just... You need to love people. You just need to love people. Love, love wins, right? <laughs> love the sin. Bobby Bell. The sin. It does yeah. if it's true love. Like yeah, love. Wh- actually, I'm not talking about just true love like Disney's true love, but but you know what? And and Vinny, uh, Robert, you'll agree because you've both heard it. When you have a child, and you have dropped truth, you know what that kid will. Like, you don't have to teach them to say it. They just will instinctively, it's a child, they'll instinctively revert to it. They will say, and, and the truth bomb, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> you, or you don't love me. Right? That's, am I, am I, am I wrong, Vinny? I've not had You've that not had, oh, man, kids. we... You have You've teenagers. Been, okay. The I audience, know. the my, audience my member, kids. he's he's resonate. This resonates. Um, yeah, I got weird kids. They're like you do have weird kids. Cherubs. Yeah, you do have weird kids. No, I've gotten it with 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 Biggest my kids. Cherubs I've ever seen. They don't. Life. I don't get it with me. They don't do it to me. Because they already know I don't love them. <laughs> um, we're on the same page. It's like, oh, great, glad you know it. Um, but they do it to their mother. You know, so if I go Kind-hearted in, kind-hearted Jessica. Oh, if I go in and Jess is crying, it's I I already know, is because either she's been accused of not loving them, or they've said they don't love her. You hate me. <laughs> you know, but but what that what, but we hear that in society, that is the inflection of a child. Because like you said, Justin, true love. Rooted in truth. It will hurt. It will sting because I love you enough to tell you what you don't want to hear. Love stands on truth. Benny, final thoughts. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, I wake up every day and I ask the Holy spirit to work through me with the people around me and, and let them see his love through me. So I get in arguments with people online, but I make sure that it ends with love and truth. So, yeah, you know, that's going to be a cool episode. Rule number 12 of the Vinny's Handbook of yeah. Online Engagement. Craven. I thought this was a good episode. It it turned, yeah, it wasn't your topic. No, but, my topic would have been a better episode, but this was a good no, one. No, no, that's um, not really true. Most of the best episodes. I thought this was very good. Any online feedback? Did we get any interactions? On um, the, I haven't the got anything from YouTube that might be because YouTube is jacked up, and I'm not seeing the chats for some reason. Okay. 
Um, we have a Hey Guys from Miss Anne. Hi, Miss Anne. It's always good to see Miss Anne. Longtime friend of a show. It's funny that you guys have started. Um, I think, Justin, maybe it was you that, that brought it up the other day that you got a, a, like a howdy or a hello, how you doing from somebody, and you didn't know them, and they were like, oh, yeah, but no, I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure that was my mother. Yeah, it was Creighton's mom. It, it kind of scared me there for a second. It was great. <laughs> so it was the Sunday he taught. She right. came up and was like, hey, Justin. Yeah, you got two, uh, you got two comments on YouTube. What, why don't you just go ahead and... and One from a Jennifer Abbott. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Jennifer, long-time friend of the show. She says, we should not be peacekeepers and stand by while this happens. Let's leave last uh, names uh, out. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Rookie uh, this, why, this is why I don't do uh, social media stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then an alley says, so basically like a Facebook group place? I don't... I would have to see where that comment was. I don't know what she was referencing. Right. It also might help to know which alley I can think of. Listen, like if you if you life. ever want to submit topics for the show, um, you can do so. Creighton, let them know where. PopeCreighton at gmail.com. Which I still think is the greatest email address. We, we should also ever. do like a uh, uh, either a giveaway or something where you get to sit in the audience member chair. You can apply at PopeCreighton at gmail. That would be cool. Not a bad idea. Let's let's it's let's a, make that official. Do that I again. A, I think that's a great idea. Um, entry fee is three hundred dollars. Uh, my <laughs> cash app fee. is uh, the dollar sign, and I have to look up my cash app because <laughs> you did not. You you fumbled that. I know. I realized halfway through I didn't know my cash app. By yeah, heart. you were on the five yard line going for the end zone and got blown up. But yeah, I think that'd be cool to have. Like you should know if you if you want to be on the on the show or like not on the show, but if you kind of want to sit in, uh, yeah, just I'd say send Creighton an email and. Or comment in the comments Com- below the video yeah. if you're watching the live stream. I will also say, speaking of comments, um, Walter, who's our friend from South Africa. Again, I, Good people, guy. People don't know this, but we're an international show. <laughs> um, we have people all over the world watching. But anyway, Walter, uh, he sent him post. Did you see it, Crate? I, I, I sent it to you or, or pointed it out. He sent a lengthy thing on. It wasn't last week, but maybe the week before. About, um, I had said we were talking about cessationalism, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and I it wasn't cessationalism, but I was talking about, um, gifts of the Spirit. I was talking about gifts of the Spirit, and no, I was talking about, I, I, I opened up and said, like, I, I can sometimes be t- too stoic, yes, I do remember, that. yeah, and yeah, the yeah. expression of the Holy Spirit, and like, that's something that I'm trying to learn, like, that's why we're going to do this Numa service, and like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and, and that was the whole episode was on the Holy Spirit, and he, he sent this real nice note about how um, he's never met us, never been here. I don't know if our shirt's ever gotten there. Um, but Last uh, I talked to him, it had not It had not. Again, a guy from South pond. Africa that's become our friend online. Uh, but he was like, you know, I, I, I just feel like family. You know, I feel like, like it's just neat to have the vulnerability you know, for you to say that. And it's like, man, I resonated with that. And, and, um, and I told him, I, I, I did reply. I said, hey, um, would love to meet you one day. I know we will. Whether it's here, there, in the air, um, it'll be nice to put the uh, you know the face to the name. Yes, and, and I and I was like, Walter, your your family. So, um, how cool would that be, Walter? Uh, Af- South Africa is kind of a dicey place to be. Um, I think all of Africa. Yeah, <laughs> I'm if down. You, I'm down for going. <laughs> you're di- no, I'm not saying go. I'm saying, hey, bro, why don't you uh, why don't I'm you fly li- into I'll, Atlanta will, and hang I out with us? Go there for some biltong. 
Okay. The, the Spice Daddy's going to go on his thing. We're out of here. We're, we got to do yeah. this. I'm hitting the music. Vinny, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Spice Daddy, you know, glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> Pope Always Creighton, glad. Thank you for being here. You've been watching or listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. With that in mind, if you were listening to our podcast, uh, which is released on Thursdays, Apple, Google, Spotify, looking into Amazon is doing a thing. We might post also on Amazon. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, check out the live stream, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Very cool. Put a face to a name. You can watch this live. If you're watching live, um, again, you're watching the recording of a podcast that gets released tomorrow. Check out the podcast. Very easy to share the podcast. Sometimes people don't have, especially friends, the opportunity to sit and to watch an episode. Um, but um, at the same time, um, they it's a, it's often a lot easier to listen. And so podcast is a great way to share episodes, etc. So with all that being said, thank you for joining us. God bless. See you guys next week.